0: How are you doing this week? I'm all right, thanks, Ed. How are you? Pretty good, yes, uh, okay. I mean, FA Cup, what FA Cup? Who cares, who cares? Never never liked the trophy anyway.
1: Stupid trophy anyway. No, I, I like the FA Cup. I'm sad that we lost to City. Uh, mostly I'm sad about the fact that we were terrible, apart from the first half an hour.
0: Yeah, I mean, what, 20, 20 25 minutes, half an hour, I guess, of, of United looking like the more positive side. Not, not exactly making Joe Hart make a load of saves, you know. It was one of those formations... That, I I think that kind of lent itself to playing against the opposition rather than trying to play the United way I think City always play with about 15 defensive midfielders don't they and I think Ferguson looked to fill out midfield and and that's the way uh, it kind of turned out to be so United had that bright start but it really just didn't last
1: no it didn't and my boy the true man love of my life Dimitar Berbatov with um, two I think two's probably harsh but one one very shocking miss uh, and another decent let's say not half chance three-quarter chance uh which was well saved by joe hart
0: well he's through one one-on-one i mean I, I i think if we were saying wayne rooney was in that position he'd put the ball away right so
1: not necessarily i think it was the the keeper did well
0: Ruud Van Nistelrooy would have scored that 99 times out of 100.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's that's different. It's not you can't compare other strikers with Ruud Van Nistelrooy for one-on-one with the keeper finishes.
0: Yeah, and anyway, so um, I, I think that was a very good chance for a player of uh, Bertold's supposed class and. <gasps> Did you just say suppose, class? I, I, I am questioning it after Saturday's
1: performance. Yeah, this rant cast is over. Um, no, I and I, that's it for tonight. Good night. <laughs> um, I, I think it, it's the inevitable consequence of leaving a fragile player like Berbatov out for eight games in a row, basically. Uh,
0: yes, uh, yes, it is. Uh, but but then again, you know, perhaps he perhaps he deserved that with his previous performances. Uh, I, I, look, it, it's you're right. He. He uh, without having that kind of rhythm it's, uh, it's a pretty tough ask for him to come into that big game uh, playing a position I think we've spoken about it many many times uh, up front on his own probably not the one that suits him best uh, and then be sharp but but still look it's a football cliche but you know my grand could have scored that that second one I mean he it is harder surely harder to miss than to score
1: well yeah I guess he just got his feet wrong didn't he in, in, and didn't get his positioning right and managed to sky it from four yards out which is, is not Easy to do. Um, United in general looked a little bit lacking. Uh, Carrick actually had a very good first half before his calamitous individual error, which led to Manchester City's winner. I think it's it's probably harsh to blame the whole thing on Carrick, but he was definitely a big part of that goal. Well, it, look, the problem the problem stemmed from uh, Van der Sar's kick in the first
0: place, and, and Carrick was just kind of a bit casual. And I I uh, I said on Twitter actually at the time Carrick a defensive liability, and I got loads of tweets back going. Actually, that's not true. And I I, I think uh, maybe people misunderstood what I said there because I think he makes that kind of mistake pretty frequently, actually. And I I think if we look back over some key goals over the last uh, 18 months or so, he's done that kind of thing lose the ball uh, in a key part of the pitch on more than one occasion it's cost United goals and that's what I meant and his general defensive work in terms of his reading and understanding of the game I do think is excellent.
1: You you also questioned whether there was any chance he would learn from that mistake and suggested that he probably wouldn't. Well, well, uh, I questioned that after he just gave the ball away again with another square past 30 yards from goal. Alright, fair um, enough. Um, his overall performance was alright though, wasn't it? It was, it was harsh to single him out and and there were, there were maybe... Uh, a few United players not, not pulling their weight to get back into that side no, the, to get back into the tie. I,
0: I just yeah, I just thought United's performance was massively muted that's not a contradiction in terms just the underwhelming nature of United's response for Christ's sake this was the semi-final of the FA Cup at Wembley and it was a derby 40 odd thousand United fans there and it just felt like there just wasn't any oomph about it now maybe they were tired maybe they were tired And uh, maybe that was it maybe too many big games over the last few weeks uh, champions league and fa cup and uh, you know those intense ties against chelsea maybe that just took it out of united uh, and and that's the reason they they looked so lethargic in the second half but but it was just incredible that, that that for all the will to win that we've talked about this season none of that was evident against city and it's against city and and uh, it's just um it was just a meek way united lost. that was frustrating i guess
1: I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to put it down to tiredness, I have to say. I think it, it was something systemic. I mean, first of all, Paul Scull's getting himself sent off like that was a, a very serious mistake to make. I think that he, he's done that his whole career, made unnecessarily dangerous challenges. Uh, he's quite lucky to have gone through his whole career never having kind of seriously maimed someone. Uh, we've had a couple of Twitter questions, one from at Happy Hero and one from at Trisha RKG, two uh, big fans of the RankCast, always nice to hear from them, uh, both asking about Skulls' future at the club. To me, that looked like the performance of someone who's just about to retire. It wasn't quite Gary Neville against West Bromwich Albion, but not a million miles away from it either. Yeah,
0: he didn't have a good game Aside from the uh, aside from the Red Card and um i don't i just uh, i think we've mentioned this before skulls and carrick in the center in midfield just doesn't seem to work anymore and um, i think i said something similar after the game that uh, this could be skulls retiring i mean it's it's not like uh, this is going to be the last game of his united career by any means i mean he's got a three match band so that's three of the premier league games he can play in europe uh, it's just yeah, it was just a massively disappointing performance for him but i guess that was that was everybody really and uh, as for the foul uh, impossible. To argue with the red card uh, really uh, he has done that all his career i i mean it, the only mitigation being that uh zabaletta also went in with studs up
1: he just got to the ball first you were really slagging off the ref on twitter was that just because you were annoyed
0: uh, yeah I, I think so i mean i look i don't, I don't think um, uh, even if it was a scouse ref i don't i don't think uh, he really had any choice did he so it's a thigh high studs up challenge that's a red card
1: yeah absolutely I mean very peculiar team selection against we, we talked right at the beginning of the season and have done all the way through the season that Skulls is brilliant unless you put loads of pressure on him because he doesn't have the legs to deal with that anymore now and this is listen I speak as a, a huge 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 Paul Skulls fan he may possibly be my sort of he's definitely in my top five favourite footballers of all time so so any kind of criticism should be mitigated by that this is certainly not an anti-Scholes rant but, but a very peculiar team Selection against Manchester City makes me think it was more than just tiredness and lethargy caused and, and um, caused by the amount of football we've played recently and the amount of intensity in that football. I thought it was really peculiar team selection to put skulls up against that Manchester City midfield because that's exactly the kind of combination of players that can make him struggle given given how much pressure they'll put on the ball. And I thought Yaya Toure was made to look magnificent in that game by the way United set up. And I think more than lethargy and more than the same so they were kind of jaded from the matches they'd played previously. It was actually a systemic problem. It was actually poor team selection against that side. And it's understandable given the nature of the rotation. And the thing that it brought to mind for me was that there was a lot of talk about whether we'd win the treble this season, which obviously we're not going to do now. But but some of that talk was, a, a lot of that talk was comparing this side to that 99 side. And one of the things that's clearly the case now is there just is not the strength in depth. There aren't the options that there were in 1999 which is why we were unable to carry the FA Cup. And yet I still think, obviously, we've got a fantastic chance of winning the league, and we're, we've also got a pretty decent chance of getting to a Champions League final. Correct, on, on both fronts, really. It's, um, yeah
0: the, the 99 squad did, did have lots of strength in depth. I mean, uh, you think about the uh, the final, and and Keane's goals to the finest central midfielders I've ever known uh, were suspended. But but in came Nicky Butt, uh, Pelé's favourite man uh, of the two thousand two. <laughs> world cup and um and and david beckham to play in central midfield who'd, who'd just been voted uh one of fifa's top three players in the world sort of thing so it's uh, there was an awful lot of strength in in depth there uh, here well i mean I, I i guess you could say uh in, when it comes to central midfield ferguson's unlucky because uh anderson's been injured on and off and fletcher's out and fletcher might have made a big difference and hargreaves is injured but it's not like he hasn't known that i mean uh, hargreaves has barely played in three seasons so yeah, and he's not currently in either the Premier League or the Champions. League, well, not in the Champions League squad, um, and he won't be playing again this season. So, so, uh, and I think we pretty much all figured that out last summer as well. So it's not like Ferguson go. Ah, actually, I was a bit unlucky with it, only Hargreaves being out. So we we were a defensive, physical midfielder, short Anyway, and, and uh, I guess Fletcher's tried to turn himself into that, and and, and Michael Carrick's a completely different type of of uh, midfielder, even if. He he has been playing in a more defensive position over the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, we couldn't combat City's physicality as a result.
1: And and it was very unfortunate. It was very unfortunate the way it went down, and it, it was sad to see it go end with a whimper rather than a bang. I mean,
0: yes, and, uh, I mean, there's some ridiculous editorial about it, of course. Uh, there's uh, one hilarious piece, uh, it's News of the World, so, uh, you know, I it's News of the World, um, which is basically predicting the fall of the uh, Ferguson Empire. The last, I, I was just like... Well, OK, look, this this might have made some sense if United just lost the last seven games in a row rather than just won the last seven games in a row and just basically just didn't have a very good game. But top of the league, uh, very good chance of being in Champions League final and just lost out to uh, a team that spent £300 million in the transfer market over the last two years. So Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and was insanely motivated to beat us as well. I mean, you know, I'm not really into City bashing or really the bashing of any other club, but City had a big countdown clock on their website site to this game, the City fans all celebrated like they won the FA Cup. And I have to say, I can relate to that. You, could, you can imagine in their position why you would do that. I don't think it like, there was a lot of United fans going oh, it's pathetic, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's pathetic. It's a huge thing for them. Their club's constantly been overshadowed by United and United were big favourites to win the game and it was a, a tremendous achievement by their high spending yeah, club sure. to get to an FA Cup final and, and winning a trophy. But, but of course they haven't won a trophy and Stokes five nil against Bolton does leave us with hope that they will still City it up in the final. Well, look,
0: there's there's every chance they'll City it up in the final. And I have to say, I mean, one what aside from this being City and and you know, the natural sort of local rivalry and all that, it's very hard to relate to them for a couple of reasons. I mean, one obviously the money, which kind of negates competition. I, I, I'm I'm with Wenger on very few things aside from this. I mean, it is financial doping, and and it kind of what does it mean? If they win a trophy in in this scenario, it's it's like getting a cheat patch for a Football Manager, and and uh, you know the one where you can buy every player you want. Well, what, what's the point? What's the point uh, if you're not going to have fair competition? So that's one thing. Um, and and then the second one, they are entirely defined by their relationship with United in a way that United is not defined by their relationship with City, or supporters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or the club, or whatever it means, all those mm-hmm. things together. And it's very hard to relate to that, and I guess that's years of being in the shadow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I see hints of it with United fans now, you know, this sort of a session with City that uh, now they've got money that seems a bit small-time, and uh, I hope I the hope United support doesn't go further down that road, but uh, it, it does appear to be um, exactly how... Uh, Cities uh, made up. I did a piece on the uh, the website, kind of focused on Balotelli. Actually, really, it was about the FA's inconsistency here because uh, I mean, obviously, Balotelli was kind of provocative. His actions at the end of the game, it almost started a riot. And there's of course, you question marks about Rhea Ferdinand and Anderson and Nanny's reaction to it and all that. And, and there's a bit of pushing and shoving and handbags and all of that. And uh, um, but it's quite clearly defined in in the FA rules about what's acceptable and and aggressive. Uh, offensive behavior or words are, are not acceptable and that's how they got Wayne Rooney in, and and uh, they weren't taking any action over Balotelli anyway so that was kind of my point but I could have picked one of the you know two dozen cases that have been since Wayne Rooney to highlight that that inconsistency in the in the FA rule so anyway so I put this piece up absolute deluge of insults into email and the comments and none of which I can actually publish uh, on account of their uh, offensiveness so uh, you know and which is a real shame because actually there'd been some fair comments I've been quite I happy to publish them and and but I don't I don't get that reaction very often and not even if I if I write anything about uh, Liverpool to be honest Uh, maybe sometimes when I write something about Arsenal but it's Almost always, when I if I write something about city, I, I get this uh, deluge of uh, emails, uh, including the words you know Munich and uh, C star star T and uh, various other four-letter explosives and it's um, it seems unique to city that
1: it's a, it's a strange thing, isn't it? It's a str- I mean, there's a broader strange point about what 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 on earth motivates a person to do that? But it's just it's such a waste of time and energy, and such a pointless outlet for hatred but it's just one of those things isn't it that comes along with football and particularly football on the internet both football and the internet have a real problem with dehumanizing behavior uh, so you put the two of them together it's a, it's a bad situation i've been thinking a lot of, as i often do about the nature of support this week because there was some really horrible things that happened in the in the wake of that game and uh, you know there was there's some pretty abhorrent behavior on both sides of of the of the divide but it it, it there's just no need for it. there is just no need and it's such a shame that all that stuff gets attached to football when it's got absolutely nothing to do with football and everything to do with people's frustrations with their own sense of identity
0: And so did Newcastle on Tuesday night, and a point, which I I suppose in the context of the title race might be disappointing, but I think a point's a decent result, and at this stage of the season, every point means a lot, United didn't lose, Uh, great performance in the second half, just just couldn't get it over the line.
1: Yeah, it was a really odd game, I mean, actually we were were a little bit poor, maybe a bit of a hangover for an EFA Cup semi-final in the first half. I thought Newcastle defended excellently, and you, you really have to give them a lot of Credit and I'm seeing I've seen a lot of um, criticism of United's performance um, and I, I think it's harsh because I, I think second half we were really good. I thought actually Giggs had a complete mare. He was imperious against Chelsea, but um, but but a, a pretty poor performance from Giggs. Rooney looked excellent. I mean it's just that every time he had the ball, he had three players around him, and he wasn't quite able to create some. Sp- you you know Hernandez wasn't able to take advantage of that because those three players were coming from midfield, and because Giggs had a poor game, there was no charging up to back up Rooney from midfield to exploit that space. I thought Carrick was fine. He was effective. Um, yeah, Rooney, as I said, excellent. Hernandez, not a brilliant game, but I, I, I don't think it was a terrible performance by any stretch of the imagination. And the, the one um, terrible miss from Giggs uh, with, with the cutback from Evra, that was that was our best chance by, by a mile. But if you only make one or two really clear-cut chances in a game, it, there's a good chance you're not going to score any goals.
0: Yeah, a, a, fair, a fair analysis, yeah. United didn't create enough chances, and and Newcastle did defend very well, and no no obvious mistakes, and uh, got plenty of men behind the ball in the second half, and and obviously put a lot of pressure on United in the first sort of 25 minutes of the first half, and uh, from that perspective, you'd say they deserved a point. I just think United had so much pressure in the second half. Ferguson will be disappointed that uh, United didn't you know just fashion a, a good enough chance, and may, maybe the Giggs one was was the one that should have gone in, and and you're right, he didn't have a great game, and shunted out to the left wing. In the in the for much of the first half and and some of the second half and it, it wasn't uh, the position he played against Chelsea when he was so effective and a couple of uh, of strange fouls and and uh, obviously that missed chance and uh, just wasn't able to provide any service in the first half from the wing so yeah not a great game from him Rooney influential again of course it could have been so different if Hernandez had put that chance away in the in the first minute I, I suppose you'd credit Tim cruel with a, a, a good save there and and overall a, a fair enough point. Of course, the, the really big talking point about that game was was uh, did, did Javier Hernandez dive or did he deserve a penalty? If the answer is
1: really either of those things, uh, well I don't think they're mutually exclusive. He definitely dived, um, but I think there was some amount. He, he basically tried to buy himself a foul but he sold. it was He put too much into the hard sell. If he'd just gone over in a slightly more natural fashion, I don't think he would have been booked. But the reason that he was trying to win a penalty is because he knocked the ball past the defender and realised that the defender had left his landing leg out there. Of
0: course if Hernandez had done a Gary Lineker and Ferguson talked about Hernandez being like Lineker last week, uh, he'd have probably got the penalty. Lineker was expert at falling over the trailing leg to, to win the penalty and, and doing it as you say in a more natural fashion and and I think that's probably a fair assessment. I thought it was harsh on the, the ref to book him though uh, because clearly there
1: is a leg there and there was contact and, and generally speaking that means a foul. Yeah I mean I don't think the ref was terrible but he was definitely a bit home fan influenced it felt like to me, which is understandable because there's a lot of people there and uh, they make a lot of noise when players they don't like come on, it would seem. I thought it was uh, very odd, I mean Michael Owen didn't have a brilliant time at Newcastle and I mean I guess the, the general knock about knock against him is that he didn't seem to be ever trying that hard when he was at Newcastle he's obviously paid a lot of money and injured a lot at a time when the club didn't have very much money, but that's not really Michael Owen's fault, is
0: it? No, No, it's not I, Newcastle decided to spend a lot of money bringing him to to the club and and pay him what was probably his market value. I, I, I think if Owen had had the the choice, he'd have gone back to Liverpool. And, and, and Newcastle paid the money; they brought him there. He was injured an awful lot. I, now, I mean, you can you can say well he should have got himself fit or uh, really bad luck or, or whatever. And and I think think about United United fans' reaction to Owen Hargreaves. There's a lot of sympathy. I don't think anyone's calling him a mercenary.
1: No, I guess it's a bit bit different at United though because it's like every player that comes to United is a top name and, and a huge star in the world game. Well they might not be when they arrive at United but if they play very well they become one. Talking of players that weren't top names when they arrived but looked very good I thought Chris Morling had an absolutely excellent game. D- doesn't he always?
0: Uh, he, he's so impressed me when, he, when he's got the chance. He's grown over the season so much and uh, and uh, we, t- we talked about uh, whether Ferdinand would play in this game or the semi-final. I think there's a recognition that he wouldn't play in both and and uh, neither of us felt that playing Smalling would be a risk and and he's not now he's uh, he's an, he's an excellent he's an excellent third choice for United and he's going to be a top player
1: yeah i agree um newcastle as we said defended very well uh, they didn't offer a huge amount going forward although it is always fun to say shawla amoyobi in a newcastle accent it's, it's never not fun anyway i don't think that was a disastrous result by any stretch of the imagination against uh, newcastle i definitely still think we're going to win the league um, Nothing about that performance has changed that for me and, and we're going to win the league the way we have done Which is by drawing games away from home And winning at home and not losing That's That's been the story this season pretty much The one thing that I thought was interesting in the lead up to this game Is the mysterious illness of the uh, underperforming Dimitar Berbatov I mean I, th- I suppose he's just ill and there's no great conspiracy He would have at least been on the bench you'd imagine A mysterious illness Then maybe he's got the bad AIDS off Darren Fletcher It's just, it's just not funny head you should know better than that maybe he has maybe there's a weird virus sweeping Manchester United it's a worry that's for sure I Anderson I thought actually having said that I didn't think it was a particularly poor performance from United I did think that Anderson had a a pretty average game and we've talked a lot about him this season and I can't remember maybe more than one or two occasions where we've ever exactly been full of praise for his performances Uh, how how do you assess his season so far I I think it's been a pretty poor
0: one I, I, I actually can't think of a game where he's actually influenced it I mean given that United paid 30 million euros uh, I think we need a bit more from him and, uh, and yeah I, I, I just can't think of one where he's been completely influential and dominated the game from central midfield and that's kind of what you want in fact it's frustrating because he gives away the ball so often that, uh that United uh, lose momentum when he has it and, and he, he promises so much because obviously the physicality and and uh, the, his drive and and he just hasn't fulfilled uh, he here is the player that in the under-17 FIFA World Cup all those years ago uh, won the golden boot for for being the the best player of the tournament and um, he hasn't quite
1: fulfilled his destiny yet I'd say I'm with you there we've got some big games coming up in the next couple of weeks Uh, some some wag put on Twitter Manchester City's biggest game for 20 years or ever not really even our biggest game this week because it wasn't I guess that Chelsea game was definitely bigger Uh, and and they don't get any smaller from here on in we've got Everton at the weekend at home. Normally a team that we manage to get six points off a season, Everton.
0: <laughs> but but playing well at the moment. Uh, it seems yes, very well. To have found some form after a pretty uncertain start to the season. And and you've got to admire uh David Moyes, haven't you? Just just for what he's managed to achieve with almost no money at Everton. And in the, last, in the last three years in particular, he he's uh he's running a club in which he can only spend what he sells and and in fact hasn't even managed to do that. And Everton's loss making and they they have quite a substantial amount of death and there. there's some real trouble trying to build the new stadium and all of that so uh, in that context to create a club that's at least challenging to get into a European spot and certainly not in threat of relegation is, is, a, is a pretty massive achievement
1: yeah absolutely um, and David Moyes much like you can't mention Ji Park without talking about uh, energy you can't mention David Moyes without the phrase you've got to admire before it because I mean it's, it's obviously a very admirable task and he goes about it with a a certain amount of dignity, especially in the world of football, which is somewhat lacking in that, and Everton are sort of oddly likeable, despite Fellaini's elbows and Cahill's slight chippiness. The fact that they're captained by Phil Neville makes it certainly hard to hate them, from my perspective, I I, I don't mind this Everton side, and, and Tim Howard in goal, always, always liked Tim Howard. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all true, I mean, they, they are still scousers,
0: uh, so, so, so let's, <laughs> let's
1: not forget that.
0: I know, I know our enemy's enemies are friend and all, that and uh, and uh, you yeah, they they uh, they despise liverpool but um yeah yeah let's uh, let's just remember exactly uh, what kind of friend this is
1: hey listen listen i'm a, i'm on the mahatma gandhi page not only is my enemy's enemy my friend but so is my enemy
0: yeah but but you're just a bit strange anyway
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, but, strange.
0: But, i mean you're onto the onto the game and, and look it's going to be a tough game i it's at home right and and uh, you do kind of feel that united v everton at home is is a is a three pointer in the bag and it, it does tend to be uh, and I would be very disappointed if, if United didn't win this one. I mean, obviously in the context of the season, but also in the, in the context of who we're playing. Um, but but certainly no gimme.
1: No, I mean, the, the league title looked a giant step closer when Kenny Dalglish's Liverpool side managed to make Arsenal look incredibly foolish. Well, Arsenal sort of did it to themselves with Aboué's ridiculous nonsense in the penalty area. And on the subject of Balotelli and FA inconsistency. That you mentioned earlier, Kenny Dalglish appeared to swear right in front of the camera at a fellow manager.
0: I, I don't normally bang on and on and on about the FA. Uh, and I, I don't. But, you know <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, I have I have my views on it, which I've said. Uh, I do think it's an incompetent organisation, uh, structurally uh, incompetent. No, not just the people in there, and, and this is where a lot of these weird decisions come from. Um, but but I mean, I've got to say, this one frustrates me. They 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 created a rule to punish Rooney, they, and, and then they're not. Afford- enforcing it so the line from the fa the official line is that uh because rooney swore at the camera it was a more serious offense than than uh, someone swearing and being heard on the camera but but what are we saying now an inanimate object great point by yolki on at yolki uh, underscore on twitter um are we saying an inanimate object is uh, is now important than a person because i'd, I'd say if i was arsene wenger i'd probably be pretty uh, offended at being told to piss off and then you know f- off, uh, which is what Kenny Dalglish did to him.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, that was it was a very strange one. I mean, Arsenal just you you said on last week's show that you were pretty sure they'd drop points against Liverpool, and and they they do seem to have an absolutely endless capacity to to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, or in this case, a draw from the jaws of victory. Yes,
0: yes, and I, I mean, to, to be honest, the the Liverpool result and the Tottenham result, are, are, they're irrelevant. They're very relevant, but they're they're irrelevant in giving us. The the bigger picture about Arsenal because it just happens over and over again the mental toughness that 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 team exhibits is almost non-existent and to the point and I think I said this earlier in the season uh, when they got beaten by by Barcelona uh, Wenger supposedly said in the dressing room we don't they don't know how strong we are well and and my reaction to that was I I don't believe that Ferguson would ever say anything like that to his team because they don't need to be reminded of it and and uh, Wenger has built a, a team that it is weak of the mind and but he's also I think he's gone too far because uh, there's there's one thing he's building some siege mentality Ferguson does it uh, all the time but but uh, now there's a persecution complex and um and and nothing is ever Arsenal's fault no, they they can't lose or draw without it being someone else's fault and I think that cannot help the mentality of the players
1: no absolutely and and I think you know Wenger was a phenomenally successful manager for Arsenal he, he turned them around and made them into a, a much more successful club than they had been previously and they got to Champions League final and obviously that glorious team uh, that we had such a great rivalry with with Petit and Vieira in the middle of the park and Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp that was a hell of a side you know Mark Overmars can't take anything away from that Arsenal team but he has not managed to rebuild he really hasn't they, they, they're not a patch on that side they you know a a very uh... This United side has done very well to be in the driving seat to win the league, but it's not one of the best United sides of all time by any stretch of the imagination. And the inconsistency of our opposition is a big part of the reason that we're we are top of the league. You know? And, and and if he'd managed to to rebuild to even kind of eighty percent of that that sort of side that tangled with Roy Keane so often, you know, they they probably would have been in a, with a very good shout. They're never probably never going to get a better opportunity than they have done this season with the. Massive misfiring of Chelsea and and United's inconsistency. I, I,
0: I think they. I think. There, whatever the results between now and the end of the season, I, I think we can be feel fairly confident about United uh, winning the league. I, I think Arsenal will regret this season massively. But, but then again, it's Wenger's fault. It's Wenger's fault because he has had some money to spend and not a lot because it's obviously going into into the Emirates Stadium. But uh, he has had some money and he's not spent it in quite the right way.
1: No, absolutely. And and listen, I, I don't want to invoke the uh, angry gods by saying we're going to win the league because there's still a long way to go we could still not win the league um if if we don't get any more points and arsenal get some more points that would be bad uh but let's hope that doesn't happen and and i i guess we should talk maybe a little more about that everton game you'd think a very full strength side will be playing in that game uh ferguson certainly picking the the strongest 11 available to him or or will he be so concerned about tuesday night against Schalke that, that he rests players
0: well the thing is it's a tough call for Fergie because uh, he'll want to rotate the resources so uh, I, you, you kind of get the feeling that there will be rotation with every game of the season now and, and so uh, the, the line between the fringe and the first team and the first 11 it blurs somewhat because he will change three or four players constantly to try and keep them as fresh as possible uh, Yeah, but, but there are two considerations uh, one, one, Schalke are not of the same level uh, as say Chelsea are uh, two, they're coming into some form so um, New coach Ranieri taken over from Felix Magath, and um, he uh, he seems to have instilled some confidence. They they are now unbeaten in five matches, uh, and uh, they've they've got some they've got some quality in the ranks. So uh, you know, Raoul, uh, aged 48 or, or whatever he is now, still still manages to keep scoring in Europe, uh, and so look, there's some quality there. So Ferguson will surely be concerned about it. Uh, United are away from home, so uh, it'll be the typical United. European cautious approach, um, but but I couldn't tell you whether he'll prioritise Everton or or Schalke. I I would have thought like, just based on Ferguson's pattern of of behaviour that there will be a few rested for the uh, Everton game, uh, not eight, but a few, uh, and uh, and Schalke away being a, a really you know, tough fixture because it's away from home, and, and United just you know, basically seeking to score and, w- and whatever else happens in the game doesn't matter if United score probably, and you know so maybe two or three rested against
1: Everton in the weekend. So apart from Raúl, who who are the big threats from Schalke? Well, they
0: they've got quality through the spine. So Raúl and Huntelaar and um and also Christoph Mitselders, who's uh, the central defender, and Manuel Neuer, who, who's been you know, sort of heavily linked in the uh, in the newspapers with a transfer to United, they're almost certainly going to Bayern Munich for twenty odd million euros. So yeah, you know, they're they're paying well over the top. Um, but that's a, almost certainly a done deal. Uh, but so you know some some decent
1: players at Schalke. Yeah, um, and and what sort of football do they play? Well, look,
0: I'm not an an avid watcher of the Bundesliga. I I have ESPN, so it's on now and again. Uh, But what I've seen of them is they play attractive football, uh, which is uh, mainly based on possession, and perhaps less direct than under McGath. I mean, he he did have them playing a, a certain way, uh, and and uh, Just I mean, this is based on three or four games though, so uh, Ranjik appears to have them playing uh, decent football. But you know, who who knows whether well, whether that will play out in the uh, in the Champions League against United or not? You 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 still got to think that United are too strong. The
1: uh, the Raul versus Ryan Giggs in the semi-final of uh, Champions League thing is making me feel very young. <laughs> you know, it's like. It's nice. It's 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 a bit of a throwback. It's that this is this two great players of uh, I guess the late nineties was was maybe their peak in inverted commas. And uh, it's hard to say with Ryan Giggs because he seems to have, apart from a couple of years in the mid two thousands, been at his peak since he was seventeen.
0: Yeah. What well, what's the what's the combined age of those two? One hundred and something.
1: It's four hundred and seventy nine. I think that's clearly established. And they've their combined appearances for their their all the clubs they've been at. Well, both the clubs Raul's been at and and the one club that uh, Ryan Keys has been at is about three hundred eighty-nine thousand, something like that, and they've they've scored about two hundred thousand goals in that time. So, so pretty impressive statistics by anyone's standards. Got to admire Raoul, actually.
0: I mean, he's, oh, yeah, uh, it, came, it came out. Um... Uh, Christoph Mitzelder said uh, that uh, Raoul could have signed for United, and Ferguson, of course, was a was a huge fan of Raoul in his pomp, and uh, it always felt like he'd like to have brought him to Old Trafford, uh, just just the way he used to praise him, and, and that used to be Ferguson's opening transfer salvo, didn't it? So you know, you want you wonder whether that story has something there. I, I did find that one hard to believe that he would actually he would actually be thinking of uh, making a move for Raoul, uh, you know, what to add to United's fifty seven and strikers uh, that we have at the moment and, and quite a few of them you know, over the hill too
1: yeah absolutely
0: well at least one little Mickey Owen who, you <laughs> know, the Michael Owen on, on Twitter who, who I always find him really funny you know? So I'm in the hotel I'm getting ready for the game yeah you're not going to be playing mate
1: <laughs> oh that's so sad Michael Owen was brilliant once I remember when Michael Owen was brilliant Um, yeah he didn't get that Fergie time goal he, he wasn't even put on to uh, have a shot at it the game against City. Sir Alex is obviously less sentimental than me. I did think it was hilarious that um, Fergie was in the stadium for the Arsenal uh, Liverpool game. And there was about 14 minutes of extra time or of added time at the end, or whatever it was. He just needs to be in the ground. for it <laughs> Yeah. And <happen>, right. <laughs> um, so I guess that, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Um, another massive week. We've licked our wounds from the city game. Another massive week ahead. Um, let's go and win all these different trophies. I mean, the Champions League uh, I, I'm, I'm still not that optimistic about us winning it although I, I, I did think the the first of the four El Clasicos somewhat bore out my theory that Jose Mourinho might give Barcelona more of a get his team to give Barcelona more of a game than people are expecting but I still think that, that either of those two on paper is probably favourites against us yes but, you know if we can just get past Schalke and have a go at it it'd be absolutely amazing and uh, one thing I wanted to talk about briefly which I've just remembered is um, and I discussion on Twitter. I I was saying that for me personally, if we can manage to win this league, it will be the sweetest I can remember since uh, we overtook that 12-point deficit against Newcastle in the I'd love it if we beat them season. A lot of people saying that it's going to have to go a long way to top 2007 because people were basically saying that United were absolutely finished for the foreseeable future at that point. And then we we turned around and and became world beaters again in in pretty quick time. I I guess for me personally because of doing this every week uh, this season has just felt a bit more heightened of kind of followed every in and out of, of of the season every result and it just looked so incredibly unlikely at Christmas time that we'd even be in with a shot of, of winning the league so so I think for me personally this this would be incredibly sweet and also of course it would be the record breaking season
0: yeah there is there is that I, i'm not sure i am I, um, I put much store in the numbers really they're just there to be broken aren 't they but i mean it is it is nice in in that in and um, it kind of stuffs Kenny Dalglish's words back down his throat. If United do, I mean of course, Kenny this week said that Liverpool are the best club in the world. Just, just, just <laughs> barely won a trophy in the last twenty years, Kenny. Uh, but, but maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe Dalglish is in a time warp and he's just forgotten the last twenty years have happened while he's been on the beach or the golf course.
1: Does it. I mean, I hate to bring this up, but they did win the Champions League. That's quite a big trophy.
0: Yeah. No, I don't, I
1: don't know what
0: you're talking <laughs> about. Um, so pr- predictions for the weekend ever at the weekend Schalke on Tuesday sorry to all
1: the people who are really happy when I predict losses at Awati 91 said he wanted me to predict losses for the rest of the season but in a, in a in a blow for those of us who are unsuperstitious I'm going to tell you what I actually think is going to happen and that's I think we're going to win 3-1 against Everton um, I think uh, Tim Cahill will score theirs and, but, but we'll win relatively comfortably in that game because uh, I think Everton are a decent side and, and Goodison Park is a tough place to go but I think at home we'll have too much for them. And then Shalka, I think that we will score one goal and Shalka will score between naught and two goals. So I mean
0: I I think a, a comfortable win over Everton. I, I don't know I don't know what the uh, don't know what the result is really but I I think comfortable enough <laughs> and and I think United will come away with a scoring win. Scoring win, you can't have a non-scoring <laughs> win, but there's a common balls for you. But uh, I, I I think uh, I think something like a 2-1 or a 3-1 to United. I think I think it'll be a I think United do. It. I'm looking for a really good positive away European performance.
1: <laughs> we've been apart from Chelsea we've been looking for one of those for uh, quite a few seasons now. I, I just got to pull you up on something. That you have to pick a score against Everton because otherwise people will complain. 2 now. Okay, excellent. So thank you very much everyone for listening. As always, really, really appreciate the feedback. Big shout out to Sean who sent us an email, cast at unitedrant.co.uk, saying that he appreciated the show. And of course you can get in touch on Twitter at UTDRantcast. Over a thousand followers now, Ed. Um, I'm catching up with your I don't know, 240 million. You got as many followers as Raúl's played game games
0: yeah I, d- I don't know i don't i don't really count it's not that important is it
1: that's at united rant if you want to and also you can uh like us on facebook just uh like united rant and you get all stuff from the site in in your feed and uh few people commenting on the rant cast so i'm glad i've discovered the uh the facebook page because i've had a, a bit of interactions uh with people's comments from three weeks ago i'm um, saying hey where's the rantcast during international break so i was able to say well i hope you've enjoyed the three episodes that have happened since then uh, so thank you for Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with another one of these next week.